Hi, this is Tammy Hill, and this is the Live Your Why podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Laura Perry, who is a therapist that works closely with people in helping them create healthy attachments in their lives. And today, I specifically wanted to spend some time talking about the importance of nurturing children so that they can grow up and attach in healthy ways, especially being able to attach in a healthy romantic relationship as adults. So sit back and relax and let's get started. Laura, I'm so grateful that you would join me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about you and what your services are? Yes. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I have a practice in Lehigh. And um, we do maternal mental health and couples counseling are the two big areas that we do. That's so important. Maternal mental health. I love that. So let's jump in with the question that I, I actually have a lot of students at Brigham Young University who are interested in knowing when is the right time to have a baby. And so I was wondering from your work and what you've studied, before having a baby, what suggestions do you have for a couple as they consider making that big decision? Yeah, that's a great That's a great question. I think one of the things to keep in mind is what I like to call insider status. So making sure you both in the partnership give each other insider status first. There's going to be lots of opinions, lots of people, family members, friends, you know, that are doing things differently or have different kinds of advice. So just making sure that you both are really solid on you're you're the insiders in the relationship, right? Everyone else in some is mostly an outsider. Right. And so as insiders, it it is ultimately your decision when to have a baby, not your mother's or your mother-in-law's. That insider status, I like that idea. What dynamics of a marriage relationship are associated with healthier transition to being parents? Yeah, I think um, having really high communication, being able to be vulnerable with each other, The latest Gottman research says that about two-thirds of couples do experience a decrease in relationship satisfaction after you have a baby. So knowing that going in can be helpful, just like we better hone up all our skills and work on that communication because it does become harder once you have a baby. Managing household things, which I think is part of the decrease in satisfaction, is Mm -hmm. more difficult, you know. I think especially now we're trying to manage that between men and women and not fall back into typical like women take care of everything in the household. We know that's not really sustainable Mm -hmm. and not what most couples want, but it's really easy once you have a baby to kind of shift into that stereotype. And it's surprising for some couples. They're saying we've worked hard on this. Like, why is this shift happening? But just being aware that it can happen and you might have to shift how you do things, how you talk about things, just knowing that's coming and that there are things you can do to work on it. I, I like the idea of having those conversations, especially before the baby comes. I have a daughter that is right now getting a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, and I was visiting with her the other day, and she and her husband have come up with this idea that I think is ingenious, but they've gone through on three-by-five index cards, and they've written every possible responsibility that can happen within their home, and then they shuffled them and dealt them out, and this month, that's what they get to be in charge of. And I thought that was so interesting. What a fun idea. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you have to come up with those creative solutions sometimes to figure those things out. I would also say knowing your family of origin, the family you grew up in, kind of the unspoken rules that you grew up with, which you're, you know, you're finding out as you're dating and marrying someone, but especially once you have kids like what are those rules that your family had that no one talks about, but everyone knew, um, mm-hmm. you know, moms take care of those things or dad does those, does those things. Or like, we don't talk about those kind of things. It just like being as conscious as you can of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, great suggestion. So what are some things that you can watch for as far as in a marriage, you know, we, we attach in different ways with secure, anxious, avoidant, all of that. But if you have a marriage relationship that is fairly stable and there's a lot of great friendship, are there particular things that you should be watching for? Any red flags as far as attachment needs for each other? And then a baby comes into the picture and maybe mom's attaching more readily to the baby than dad is. What do you suggest for couples as they transition into being parents and their attachment styles? So as you're attaching to children, both partners are probably going to do it differently. They're going to have different styles and different ways that they attach. And I think it's good to not place any moral value on attachment. Like it's not Mm. bad if we're anxious, right? It's not bad if we're avoidant. It's just kind of good self-awareness to have about ourselves. And so I would say like to not freak out or be too worried if you are not feeling totally secure either with your partner or with your child, that it's not like a static or it's not a fixed thing. It can definitely be changed. And just knowing that like parenthood can bring up some pretty raw feelings about our own childhood. And that might be playing into our attachment with our child. They can bring up things that we need to heal or work through and that can, that can affect it. And that's not a bad thing either. I think it's just being aware of that and knowing that might come up and taking the time to heal it so we can be fully present for our child. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. I think that it seems sometimes that I read in the literature anyway, that, that the mothers tend to attach more easily to the, the baby and the children than the father does. Is that what you've noticed in your practice? Yeah, I think I think mostly I have noticed that it's hard to tell like nature versus nurture, right? Like we do tend mm-hmm. to like expect that moms will be attached more. So is that why they're attaching more, right? And figuring that out. But I definitely think um, personality factors play an influence and dads do have great attachment with their children too. So do the men attach differently than women do typically? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they can. I think in general, men might have a harder time with the infant stage because, you know, mothers are really hands-on, especially during that stage with breastfeeding. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like immediate care needs and dads can struggle with that. That can be hard. And so I think men might be more able to attach when uh, you know, baby starts crawling around and can play and that might be easier for some men to attach them for sure. But there are things that men and women can do in every stage of a child's development to ensure secure attachment, like with infants, even just looking in their eyes and smiling at them and singing them a song, um, you know, being mindful with them while you're changing a diaper, like all those things can go toward healthy attachment. 
Yeah, just being really intentional in what it is you're doing. Do you work with people when women don't attach to children? What what should happen when a wife or a mother just doesn't feel like she thought she was going to feel when she had the baby? Yeah. So with one of my specialties being perinatal mental health, perinatal meaning pregnancy and up to a year postpartum, that can be a big factor that gets in the way of attachment, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, birth trauma is Mm. something that happens that we don't talk about a lot necessarily. And those are all things that can affect our motherhood experience with which can in turn affect how we feel about our child and attachment in in general. So working through those issues can be really helpful. Um, There's usually a lot of grief with that. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in and interrupt you, but I'm wondering how do you help women work through that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of times it's analyzing our expectations Mm -hmm. we had about, about motherhood. If we tend to be kind of perfectionistic, that's a big risk factor for developing postpartum anxiety or depression. We, you know, you can't do parenthood perfectly Mm -hmm. and we find that out pretty quick, but that can be very hard to manage and deal with. So working through expectations, our thoughts about motherhood, dealing with the, like the physical side effects we have of anxiety or depression managing all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. What about for men? What are some specific ways that I know you mentioned that in the infancy stage, it's not as easy for men to maybe attach because they're not breastfeeding and all of that. But what can dads do that can intentionally help them create more attachments with their children? Mm -hmm. In a roundabout way, actually, like, taking really good care of their partner, like Mm -hmm. mothering the mother. I love that. Yeah. Kind of a roundabout way. It's not maybe directly with their children, but we know children thrive when they have parents that have a healthy relationship. So especially in those early days of postpartum, just really mothering her, mothering your partner, taking care of her, tucking her into bed at night with her water bottle by her nightstand, Mm -hmm. just like really being very gentle with her can be very helpful. And then doing the same for baby. Yeah. Just really trying to be as nurturing as you can be during that time. Yeah. Nurturing is such a big word. So loaded. And we all nurture different. We were all nurtured uniquely as well. But as a clinician, how important is nurturing and how can you help parents nurture when they don't know that it feels so natural to do so? That's a great question. I think nurturing is super important and we all want to be good nurturers Mm -hmm. to our children. And I think it's also important to know that it can be a skill that we develop. It's not like, oh, I didn't have the nurturing I wanted, therefore I can't do it. There are definitely tools, practice that we can do. Sue Johnson, who's the founder of Emotionally Focused Therapy, has a great little acronym. It's are you there for me? A-R-E. And we can use it with our kids as well as our partners. So, you know, A stands for accessible. Am I accessible emotionally to my partner and children? Am I responsive to them? And I am I emotionally engaged with them? And I think through trial and error, just trying to figure out how to do that. And, and it's just practice. Mm-hmm. A lot of practice. Yes. And I really appreciate how you say that It's something that you develop. It's not you have it or you don't. Becoming a nurturing parent evolves. Yes, for sure. 
That's nice. I was going to ask you if you were in my shoes and you got to teach these bright, wonderful young adults every day, and I gave you an opportunity to come stand in front of my class and teach them anything that you think would be really important, what would what would you choose to teach them about? Mm-hmm. I think I might start with perfectionism. And just like I said, knowing that you're not going to do this perfectly, there was a researcher named Winnicott who has this theory about the good enough mother mm. that we actually need to fail our children in certain ways in order for them to progress. And we're not obviously talking about abuse or neglect or anything, but just that children really do grow by having imperfect parents. And that's by design and that's okay. And I would say, especially in the early days when children don't have like explicit memories from before three or four or whenever, but they do have implicit memories, like they're learning to trust the world. Am I safe here? And so knowing that we're not going to do that perfectly, but that, you know, we can do it enough that we can form secure attachment with our kids and be that good enough parent to our children. And then also that relationships are all about repair. All relationships go through rupture and hard times, but those repair skills, if we focus on them, then we know we can more likely have successful relationships. Mm, Such important information, recognizing that you're Mm -hmm. not going to be perfect at it and that's okay. Being good enough is enough. And repair work, I am such a big believer in repair work. As a mom, um, my kids have all left the nest now, but when they were growing up, my habit would be in the evening would ask them to give me a grade, you know, A through F. How did I do today? And listen to the grade I got and then be able to talk to them about it and explain how I, if I could do it again, I would do it this way. And those always seem to be really healing for the relationship. Because in the day-to-day, you know, living, there's always going to be ruptures going on. Mm -hmm. Yes, ruptures are a fact of life. And I love that. I love asking for a grade. It was humbling. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that is, that is what it's all about. Like being able to accept that feedback from our children and knowing we can't do it right. Like we're not going to get an A every time and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what are, are there support groups or other organizations that new parents can get in contact with to help them as they transition into becoming parents? Yes. So if you do find yourself struggling with postpartum anxiety or depression, there are a lot of support groups, a lot of therapists out there that are specializing in that. Gottman also has workshops, I believe it's called And Baby Makes Three, and he has books. There's um, several books. There's a new one called Baby Bomb that just came out about this transition to parenthood. So there are resources out there. Oh, that sounds good. And I I love hearing about good books that we can read and learn so much from. So I appreciate those recommendations. I wanted to ask you one more thing, because in my stage of life, I have young adult children who are now parenting. And sometimes I observe them parenting and I think, wow, did I do it like that? I I hope I didn't do it like that. Or 
wow, did I do it like that? Of course I did it like that. You know, you want to take credit or blame. But what advice would you give to parents who are observing their own children transitioning to parenthood? Mm -hmm. To consider keeping in mind that, you know, your kids are going to do it different than you did. And that's okay. That's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. And I think being mindful of any boundaries they might try and set, that's something with a lot of the new parents I work with is how do I set boundaries with my parents? Like, I, I feel like I need to set boundaries. How do I do that? Either they're too involved or I wish they could be more involved. How do I talk to them about that? So just being mindful of that. And especially in the early postpartum stage for if you're, you know, a grandparent, not just holding the baby, getting in there and be like, can I do a little laundry? Can I bring you dinner? Making sure you're helping them with all those kinds of physical needs too. Mm-hmm. Holding the baby is easy. Yes. Right. And everyone <laughs> wants to do that. And it's wonderful, but also, you know, new moms, we got to, we got to advocate for them and make sure their all their other needs are taken care of too. And then I think just what you mentioned kind of with the report card, just being open to feedback mm-hmm. and, and having that relationship where your kids can go to you for advice because they know you'll be respectful and, you know, not lecture them, but just be a listening ear and someone that they can really trust and rely on. I like that a lot. So do you think if in my position watching my children parent, is it ever okay for me to, I mean, I would never give advice that wasn't asked for. I think that's a big no-no. Would it be appropriate for me to ask, hey, is there any advice you'd like me to share? Or is there anything I can do better that would would help you in this transition? Yes, definitely. I think that's always a a valid question. Like, Hey, what can I help you with? Is there anything you're struggling with as a parent mm. and letting them know, like, this is what I struggled with as a parent. I don't know if you're struggling with this or something different, but you know, it's, a, it's okay to struggle and I'm here to support you and however I can. Such a great important part of that is to be humble and letting them know what was a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. So great, great counsel. I just think you're full of good information and I'm so grateful you would come on today. So, Laura, you know this is the Live Your Why podcast, and I like to ask my guests as we wrap up on a podcast to tell my listeners a little bit about your why. Like, what is it you are about? When you're spending your time here in mortality, what is it that you find most important? What is your why? Yeah, that's a big question, and I Mm -hmm. appreciated taking time to ponder it as I was preparing for this. And I think I'll go back a little bit in my story of just like when I was a student at BYU, that's when I went to therapy as a client for the first time. It was so incredibly helpful for me. That's where I learned a lot about um, attachment and my own growing up and how that affected me as a person. And it was just like so powerful for me and was one of the drivers of me becoming a therapist and hmm. being focused on what I do today. So I want to help people gain that self-awareness, gain that the knowledge and skills and all that that I had in therapy that was so helpful for me. I want help to help people see themselves fully so they can step into their own their own greatness and their own why, right? And really fully live that for themselves. There's this great quote by um, Ram Das. He says, we're all just walking each other home. Mm. I really love that one and want to live my life like that. Like just helping everyone that I can. We're on this journey together 
just wanting to be in flow with life. That's another one of my mantras. I just want to be in flow with like my intuition, if we call it the spirit or, you know, however we refer to it, just like, I want to be fully awake so I can serve others and, and live true to myself. So. Mm. It's so, so beautiful. And I love that quote. We're just walking each other home. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to go get a tattoo with that on. That's amazing. We're just walking each other home. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know that this information is going to be very helpful for my listeners who are considering becoming parents and for those who are already transitioned into being parents. And even for those of us who are watching our children become parents, you've given some great information and advice. People can find you. Tell us again where we can find you. Yes. So I'm on Instagram at underscore Lara Perry. And my website is rootsbrancheswellness.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you again for being with us, Lara. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tammy. So you've heard it here. We're just walking each other home. I think I'm going to think about that for a long time. I hope today's been helpful as you consider the idea and the necessity of transitioning with attachment in mind as we transition into marriage, as we transition into parenthood, to remember the needs of attachment are essential. So I encourage all of you to go out and live your why. 